podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, hello, here we go, it's the Copyright Podcast. Press the button then as you're talking, so sorry mate. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Copyright Podcast and it's uh, Jay and Mick on the show for the third time in a long time. Everyone's been uh, looking at Mick's beautiful face and he's finally dragged me back on, so Mick I'm so sorry for leaving you in the lurch. Uh, mate, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, it's Alex. It's been a long, long time. I just thought we need to get back on one here because every time I'm doing one, it's in the comments, it's like, "Where's, where's Jay? Is Jay gone missing? Is he alive?" And whatever. It's like, yeah, he's still oh, alive, but he's he's busy with his his projects and and his work. So yeah, we're back yeah. again. Back again from well, one. Uh, I know I've WhatsApp Jay, mate, but you know, kudos on the Paul Smith stuff. It's been uh, it's been really good feedback, and then you've obviously had. Uh, a good, uh, good video with Neil last week as well for transfers and stuff. And I know you've got two more shows coming up this week with two very special guests as well, haven't you? So, yeah, got one on uh, Wednesday. That's with Paul Ghost, Liverpool Echo legend. And then on Friday we've got Craig Hanan from Anfield Rock, which we haven't. I don't think we've had on since we had him on the. Since we, yeah, we just audio days. only. Audio mm, only days, yeah. yeah. And then was had, had a bit of a mix up with the. Uh, Craig hung Craig either hung up on us or his connection went. <laughs> yeah, we'll have Craig we'll clear on that up on Friday. Yeah. Clear it up on yeah, Friday. We'll see what he's got to say for himself. Absolutely, mate. But yeah, I've been I've been loving the uh, the transfer shows that you've been doing, Mick. I think they've been they've been really good and really insightful, mate, and exciting as well. So it's uh, it's yeah, good. Yeah. So looking forward to got our old friend Gosty coming on and Craig. That'd be really good. But obviously, as we said in the thumbnail, as we said in the description, it's about Gino and Aldum. So obviously. There's been talk since uh, Genie's left, mate, about what's the, his reasons for leaving, what's his reasons for not signing the new contract. Um, yeah, it's it's been a weird one, hasn't it, mate? But he's finally come out uh, and said his reasons why. So a couple of quotes I'll, I'll pull, pull from the article. Um, you know, One, he said he didn't feel loved and appreciated by some during his time at the club. Uh, the, there was a moment when I didn't feel loved and appreciated, not by my teammates, not the people at Melwood. Um, from them, I know I can say they all love me and I love them. It was not from that side, more the other side. Uh, I have to say there also was a lot on social media. When it went bad, I was the player who they blamed uh, and that's why I wanted to leave. Well, one of the reasons. Every day in training in the games, I gave everything I had to bring uh, it to a good and end because during the years, Liverpool meant so much to me and because of the way the fans in the stadium were treating me. So, Mick, before we move on to a little bit more, the, one of the, the, the main quotes out of that was his feeling towards the fans in the stadium and the fans on social media were two different kinds. But your initial reaction on what Jeannie said as a whole? Um, well, I mean, obviously, before I read the... Because well, obviously, they phrase it in a way where it's clickbaity, the, the article for, for a start. You've got to read yeah. it. Because I think my initial reaction was like, well, why is he taking that into proper account? And I don't think he fully... Once you read it, I don't think he fully blames, obviously, the social media side of it, which obviously, obviously it was a big part of it. Because, like I said, there was no fans in the stadium, so he wasn't getting that weekly, I don't know, like a appraisal for, for what how good he's doing. He wasn't getting that on a weekly basis, going out like fans cheering what he's doing and, and getting that, that that output from that from the fans like he usually does. So he was missing that part of it. But yeah, I think just he was obviously just citing it as a reason why it was kind of like, well, it was maybe my time to leave and whatever and he thought maybe that best to go because maybe SSG weren't going to offer him a new contract because he's getting over 30 and whatever else. So it's probably a whole host of things, maybe even stuff that he hasn't mentioned. But yeah, it's it's just a bit mad that 
in my opinion, I just thought it was a bit mad that he's took that into account. Like, I know you can't not, if you've got a massive platform like he has, he's got people commenting on his stuff, and I've seen screenshots of it. It's absolutely fucking horrendous, and it's the same for a lot of, obviously, if you're in the public eye, you, you do get that, which is a shame, and it, it does open up the wider question about social media, and obviously it does need to be sorted in the future in terms of how it's policed and whatever else, and I don't even know if that's going to be possible. I honestly don't, but maybe there's steps that need to be taken that kind of that can be brought in where it is a bit more policed but yeah it is a shame that the world that we live in and we are we are kind of dominated by social media and it is a shame that that part of it and it is a very very bad part of twitter especially that is a dark area that like a cesspit and there's a lot of people in there that just do a lot of negative stuff and it's horrible so i know what I mean, we don't get much of it because we're only a, a, a fairly small channel at the minute, but we do get some where you're just like, why? Like, we've had people come in the comments and do stuff like that, and you think, why do they do that? But, I mean, you, for, for someone of one album stature, you've magnified that 100 million times. There's a there's going to be a massive chunk of people there just kind of just giving them a load of shit for nothing. And, like you said, in, in his interview, like, he was going through the pain barrier and making himself available all the time, and he's wondering why he's getting all these questions asked of him. So... There's a lot in there that you think, right, I understand. I understand this, and it, it's a shame that it's yeah, it had to come to that and he had to leave. Yeah, I mean, we were all gutted that he left me at the end of the day, weren't we? I know some weren't, but he, I, for me, this goes back even further. Um, so I look at the summer after we won the league. Um, he was getting quite a bit of uh, a bit of abuse as, after that because of a certain other player that was that was linked to be uh, to come in the club. Um, and I, I, even then, Gina and Alden was getting quite a bit of hate, especially after the the season that he had. He was one of the one of the, the the biggest names, if not one of the first names on the team sheet for us winning the league. So again, he got overlooked, and it's happened again. He, he seemed to be like a bit of a scapegoat, didn't he? And he was right, is what he said, because there was certain elements that that he was the the player that got picked on a lot. I mean, I know Salah would get a little bit when he'd miss a couple of chances, but then he'd put another three away. Do you know what I mean? So whereas the Ronaldo thing, a lot of people went hot and cold with him, didn't they? And it it was a bit unfair. Yeah, I think I completely understand the whole scapegoat thing because, like I said, there was always, always stuff like obviously when uh, Allison, like a, a small example, when Allison scored that header, and I think we'd done a reaction and we were kind of like, why didn't he celebrate? Why isn't he going over? And it's those things like that where we were like, oh, is his head not there and whatever else? And maybe it wasn't, but that was just another little bit that people used to have a go at him that he wasn't, didn't seem like he was mentally with the squad and whatever else, but. You don't, you don't, you don't really realise the what's going on behind the scenes. Like he's having, I don't know, paying for the, playing for the pain barrier and whatever else to keep himself on the field and whatever. So, yeah, like like we've done that video, didn't we? When he left, saying that he'll after his five years, like he, he's he's gonna gonna go down as a legend, and and he will for what he's produced for us over those years. Like you said, he he was on those signings that kind of put started to creep us up that ladder to get into where we need to be. And over the last three years, what we've won is just unbelievable. Like. The goals that he scored as well. So, for that, we, we we shake his hand and say thank you. But it is a bit of a shame that this is the the reasons that have came out of what they are. But like I said, we're hoping this can be a positive thing in a way that we can kind of this can go down as like well, one album left for, for not for just for the social media reason, but that was part of no. it. And maybe more players will come out in the future, and, and the conversation on the ball might start get rolling in terms of. How do we fix this if it is even fixable? No, it's a good point that you raise, mate. Because I, I, you know, generally don't think that that's the reason why he's left Liverpool. Absolutely not. That's just a 
a completely separate issue is, is the reason why. I can understand why it's affected him because I think anybody who's been victim of social media abuse can put themselves in in in, in his situation. And again, you know, I'll, I'll speak quite openly about it on here, mate, um, because I think it's relevant. Um, you know, I, I, because I was so protective of Gino and Aldem after that season that we'd won the league, I'd hated the fact that he was getting so much abuse and people just couldn't see what he'd done in our pre-season room. So the whole Thiago video, the whole incident where I, you know, I, I apparently said that nobody knew who Thiago was, you know, a five-minute conversation protecting Gino and Aldum turned into a 12-second clip of that. And I got hounded and absolutely hounded with abuse from people with non-profile pictures, um, you know, people with fake names, people targeted my son, uh, people called me a nonce for, for having a picture with my son of my Twitter profile, which I then stopped having for a while, all because I was saying about why are we talking about Tiago when we don't even have him yet? Let's continue to talk about Genie. Why are we slagging off Genie and Aldum? For the, just for the sake of getting in a new signing, stop trying to fit your agenda of getting rid of someone just to get Tiago. And we'll probably get Tiago anyway and have both of them in the squad. Why can't we have that? That was the dream, which we did have for, for, for a season. And I got absolutely crushed for it. And it, I spoke to you quite a bit of times, didn't I? Saying like, I'm done now. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't don't want to, you know, crack on with the podcast anymore. I don't want to put a detriment to you or my, my, my work with Redmen. I just, I, I hated it. And I thought, right, I'll finish. But then I thought, well, well, why why should I do that? Because there's plenty of people that watch our show and watch Redmen that I've, I've appreciated my views and stuff. And I have a good laugh with a lot of people that are here. And I thought, well, no, they can piss off to all the people that haven't got a fucking profile picture for it. And don't get me wrong, it still affects me when people have a go at me for it and they don't see the full, the full picture. I mean, you know, I, I understand how bad it sounded for that 12 seconds. It is fucking horrible. But, and again, it's not, but it's not how it, how it was, you know what I mean? And, but did I deserve all that fucking hate just for the sake of protecting an album? Absolutely not. And it's an absolute joke that people would... I mean, even when you put in Twitter, you know, Genie, get out of my club, up until the West Brom game, you know, everyone was still giving him crap because they knew he was leaving. And I just, it was sad to see. It really was. And and I don't care who you are, whether you're a millionaire footballer or you're an average Joe on the street or a bald-headed bearded gay who, who does a podcast, it's going to affect you. No matter what abuse you get, it's going to affect you, isn't it? Definitely. Like, yeah, because like you said, I wasn't going to bring that up until you, until you did, but that, that the stuff that you went through just over that, was absolutely horrendous. It really was. Like the, the comments you re- were reading, and like I put a little tweet out, like saying, like this has been to help. Like there's people coming to your defence, but it, that shouldn't have. It shouldn't have to resort to that because someone's thought, thought, oh, this little twelve second clip will make him look like an absolute dickhead, and I'm let's just harm them and see what happens. And it's that mob mentality where all the little gimps on Twitter with no Twitter profiles start jumping on it, and it's like. It's just a dark place. It really is. That like when when Liverpool are doing well, and that like the Reds are smashing it, and we're like doing well in the league, and we're winning games. Twitter is a, like a boss. Like it's a boss place because everyone's like happy, and there's like everyone's getting on with each other. But like when Liverpool do, like draw a game or lose one or don't sign someone that we weren't even probably in equation for. It's a dark place, and, and even stuff like that, like you said, mentioning Thiago and, and Genie, like stuff like that. Like you shouldn't even, it's it shouldn't have even been a, a conversation. Really, you were just making like a bit of a throwaway comment about like FIFA players and wanting like f- brand new shiny toys and whatever, and people just took but that I, and thought, how that, often do people use that now? How often exactly. do you see people using FIFA Twitter and, and, and get back off FIFA? 
get back playing football. Exactly. How often do people use it now? And every time I see it, I go, Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, it's hilarious. But again, yeah. when when it came out, when the Gino and Alvin comment came out, and that was one of the reasons why, you know, I, I I didn't feel like euphoric. I just felt I felt sad because I thought, well, my point that I made last year was is is absolutely true. Do you know what I mean? It, it's really really unfair. And again, don't get me wrong. I still reckon there's an element of when Alden probably wanted more money, and you know the the club are not looking at doing that for a player of his age. And that, and I I do understand where both parties are coming from when Alden would have thought that yeah I do deserve money after what I've done absolutely but then the club are looking well this is what we do for the future and it's it is a very awkward I'm glad it's not a job that I I have to do because it's horrible because whatever decision you make it's it's their fault so us not signing when Alden to a new contract FSG are a piece of shit and all that sort of stuff and that's what's being said and it's just you're either in or out aren't you Nick and you, you can't win in, in either situation can you? No, you can't say it. And like I said, it is a shame. Like, but like I said, the the money thing, like maybe Barca didn't have enough money because I think obviously they're in a lot of financial worries, aren't they? Um, maybe didn't get quite the money there. I mean, he's not going to come out in an interview, is he, and go, Liverpool wouldn't offer me a contract and Barca couldn't afford me, but PSG could. So that's why I went there. He's not going to be that candid, is he? Let's be honest. There's going to be other motives in there that he's not mentioned, but which aren't like... It's not self like you've got to think of yourself as well. Clearly, he wants to if he wants to keep progressing. Like he's signed for a club that building the squad to try and try and win the Champions League. So it's not like he's left for a for a maybe a, a worse team who can who've got loads of money in the bank and paying whatever. Like maybe in China or you know clubs like that where he could prolong his career, get loads of money in the bank, and then just kind of wade through. Like in an in an average league, he's he's gone to. Maybe PSG isn't, and the French league isn't the best league, but they've got aspirations to win the best best trophies in the world in the Champions League. So he's gone there to try and do that. So, uh, yeah, fair play to him. But I mean, it is just a shame that we didn't get any any money for him. That's that's the only business side for us. We didn't get any money from that. Anything that does my head in a little bit because we we could have got a bit of a fair chunk for him and put that back into the squad. Because as we know, the FSG model is we do need to recoup some money before we do go back in, into the market. So that would have helped us big time, but. Yeah, it is. It's a. I mean, we just have to move on, don't we? And just hope that yeah, this is just one of them things where it doesn't happen again. And obviously, the Hendo stuff that's come out recently, which we, we me and you have talked about, and personally, we haven't talked about it on here really. But which is another example of we don't want like we can use the wine album as a, and spin it into a positive that we can't let this type of thing happen again. We need to get these players. I mean, FSG maybe don't want to give. Players over thirty a big contract, but when it comes to your, your, your talisman and your captain who's been here for ten years and been through the ultimate fairy tale story, there's no way yeah. you can let him go. Like all the stuff they've done recently with Super League and that, I think if they would just literally go and no, we're not going to tie Hendo down for a new contract because he's over thirty, they would be absolute. It would be a shitstorm. Well, yeah, that. I mean there has been hasn't there because all it's taken is one little leak that contract talks uh stalled or it depends on what adjective you use because it will throw social media into disarray so for example there hasn't been anything where talks have broken down that's not happened it's just talks have been delayed or talks haven't happened but we've had jordan Anderson going away with the euros i say going away he only went to rome but um and then we've had him he's on holiday you know he's only he's not even back yet so there's still a lot to be sorted out. Jordan Henderson has never made anything about his contract ever since he's... The only time it was ever talked about was when Jordan Henderson was probably going to leave the club to go to Fulham when he came out and said, I don't want to go. 
So I've got no worries about Jordan Henderson leaving. I think everybody should have should realise that, and for the for the reasons that you mentioned, mate, he's a talisman for this club. He's not going anywhere. He's just you know he's not even had his testimonial yet, which is now due. It's it's, it's not going to happen. But people need to stop losing the shit. But like I said, the Wijnaldum domino effect is is having an effect on it, hasn't it? But again, you've you've got two players there. That Henderson is you know British lad. It's very rare that British players go abroad. Anyway, he's made a. A, a great career at Liverpool. He's only missing one trophy out of his collection, which we pray uh, he can fulfil, which is the FA Cup. I'd love a good crack at the FA Cup. I really would. Um, but like you said before, mate, you've got Wijnaldum, who was at Newcastle, went to the project that is Liverpool, done everything, and gone, right, what's the next project? He said he did want to stay, but you know, a lot of players say that they want to stay. A lot of players say that. But he'll, he, in his press conference with... Uh, Genie uh, with with Paris, sorry, and the, the, the subsequent interviews are going to go. He's like, yeah, I'm glad to be here for the new challenge. I'm happy for it. And blah blah blah. That's what foreign players do, mate, and that's they have every right to do that. And like you said before, mate, if he becomes part of this squad that wins the, the European Cup for PSG, he's, he'll be on another level of legendary status, won't he? For for that club as well as he is for us. Yeah, and it, it, it's also like like I said, he's going to be 31 in November. He's been. We know how good he is attacking wise. Like he done it, he done it for it was a PSV. Then he was attacking midfielder for Newcastle. So he came to Liverpool with that type of pedigree, and he's had to kind of abandon all of that because he's such a good footballer all rounder that he, he he settled to to play off the left side of a three and, and kind of just be like that, yeah, that little staple um, defensive. Um, um, person for for Robbo to bomb on forward and, and allow that the formation the Klopp likes yeah. to, to flourish. So he done that to, to the detriment of himself, and I think that shows just what the, what the, what a player and a man Gini Wijnaldum is that he was willing to do that for the team to go on and, and win all those those trophies that we have. And, and I think that's that's the best way you, you can put it really that he is that type of player and type of man that he will he'll he'll take away what he got his own maybe better abilities that maybe in his head thinks are, are better like getting forward into the box and, mm. and banging goals in and whatever like he does for the, the does for Holland and, and whatever else and that he might go and do for PSG like I think even before all this contract stuff happened I remember me and you talking about it and saying that he might want to leave and go and do that he might want to go and play for a, a different club and have a fresh set of fresh teammates and a fresh challenge and maybe play a different position and like I said get in the box score some goals and he didn't really get to do that for Liverpool so we can't blame him for wanting to maybe go and do that after giving five years of great service to us and like you said he's not not a local lad and he's not from England and that, that kind of you've got to factor that in like there's no uh, there's there's no like real dedication for him to stick around obviously he's been here for a long time and he loves the club and whatever else and you could see that it was that last game of the season like that really got to him and he, he really appreciated the fans being there which was great that we got to give him that send off but he, he had no real ties to us apart from that he came in done his job he was always professional always great he always done well for us gave us so many memorable moments and memorable games and memorable trophies and we we, get, we shake his hand and go nice one for all that genie and off you go and Try a new league, but yeah, all this thing is—it's it, a bit mad. Like to be honest, I've, I've found it all a bit bizarre. The, the whole reason and behind it, and whatever else. And there's, like I said, there's probably more in there that we don't know. So maybe, yeah, there's, maybe, there's maybe when he's retired, we we might find out a bit more. But I don't imagine we'll hear more on it than, than we have. No, I don't think we will, mate. Well, that was just going about being my next question. I think that this is the the, the only reason we're going to get. We're not going to get anything else. I don't think. I think he's too professional. 
and he's got too many good relations at Liverpool to call out anybody from the owners or anybody from a contract situation. I don't think he does that. I don't think he's that type of person. Like you just said, we might get it in Gina Wijnaldum's book if he ever writes one. Um, you know, so subscribe to the Combat Podcast because in about fifteen years we'll do an episode of the book room on Gina Wijnaldum's book. Yeah, nice one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I, I just want to circle back, mate, because there's been another thing about Carragher, hasn't there? About what he said about um, he, he's not buying it in a way. I mean, a lot of people aren't, you know. To be fair, they're not buying these reasons, this, that, the other, like what we've just discussed. But also as well, it's the fact that he's saying, you know, just delete the app or just remove yourself from it and this, that, the other. I understand where Carragher's coming from because, again, a lot of people said that to me when I was getting 300k views on that shitty video and getting abused. Some people said to me, just delete the apps. Like, well, why should I? I like interacting with the people that I interact yeah. with. You know, we have a reg regular people in our comments and who I speak to a lot on Twitter and good friends. And, you know, I'd happily have a pint with these people and I, I trust them. And, and why should I remove myself from that friendship circle? Yes, you can hit the block button and stuff like that, but where do you stand on that? Because I, I, I don't necessarily agree with what Kara said there because I think it, it, it still affects you, doesn't it? And he's been the victim of it as well. Yeah, I, I understand both. I mean, I know Carragher's, it's just, it's either, his views are like black, it's black and white, isn't it? It's either, it's either one or the other, but there's, there's a grey area where like, you, you can delete the app, but like Genie is like a, He's a person that likes to interact with the fans. Like he's he's always been posting stuff on social media when he's been at the club. So it's not like a oh you've now you've left now you now delete the app or because we we have got no fans in the stadium to show the real love, delete the app because the fans on, on social media are bad. Like there's you shouldn't have to resort to that level of like policing yourself just because you got your team's going through a bad patch or whatever else. You shouldn't have to do that. So I mean. He could have done that. He could have. He could have just like deactivated or whatever. And if he would have, there would have been no. You would have understood completely because you see the screenshots of what was getting posted after the game. Maybe if we'd lost, we'd lost six at home at Anfield, and we were all going, "What the fuck is going on with the Reds here?" And they were all probably getting it. Like, I think Michael Williams deactivated for a bit, didn't he? Where he was getting yeah. a load of grief. So it happened. It happens to them all. And I'm not saying that's normal or that's acceptable. Cause it's fucking completely not. It's completely. To Barrens and it shouldn't it shouldn't even be happening, but there is people and there's a, on and a section on Twitter that do do that. But yeah, like he, he he wants to keep social media, that's fine. But for me, like mentioning it in in his inter interview, and I know he, that wasn't the sole reason. I think you can look at it whatever way you want, but I just think I just wish that he wouldn't have looked at it like that. I, I was I would have I was hoping that maybe you'd think, well, this is all this surely is not. The true reflection reflection of Liverpool fans. The true reflection is when I go to Anfield and I get me song sung and and I get cheered when I come off as a sub or on as a sub and you know stuff like that. But you can see why because there was no fans there and I understand that. Like after every game, say especially if you're losing, you go on Twitter and you, you, it's like human nature though, isn't it? You go on Twitter, you have a look, see what the fans are saying to see if there's any positivity and on. Probably at that time and during that period, it was absolutely fucking none because we were, we weren't very good and we were just really struggling yeah. with no fans in the stadium. So, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't completely agree with Cara on that because I think he just yeah he's had abuse as well. So he, I don't know why you should have to resort to, to something so drastic as that. So, so yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a mad one, really. It is, mate. It is, and I, again, you know, I can see both sides of the coin with it. I really can, um, but I just I don't think it's. It's it's not. Genie Wijnaldum wants to interact with people who give him that support, and 
there's no reason why he should, he should be deleting the app. But it's, it's really not for the, the abuse that he got uh, for the best part of, of a year and a bit, especially with, like you said, mate, at the beginning, the serving that he's, that he's been, you know, it's, it's, it's just unfair, really. Um, so, yeah, uh, so we'll... Can you still hear me, mate, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I've just there was, there was a map plane going over my head, so I was like, I'll mute now, just, just so it doesn't. I, know, I was like, down your I was thinking to myself, I'm thinking, about, where's he gone? Can't even fucking <laughs> breathing down my ears. Um, but we're just going to uh, some of the comments as well. Uh, so Ant um, says, uh, Genie was unbelievable, yet some so called fans wax lyrical about people that can't even play back to back games. Yeah, spot on there, mate. Uh, and he's then added, uh, glad Twitter wasn't around when we were absolutely shite. Yeah, oh my God. I think that's a really, really good point, isn't it, Mick? Because there's there's quite a lot of fans that have, you know, started supporting Liverpool over like the last couple of years, which is fair enough. You know, that's, that's okay. You know, it, it, people join the club at, at certain times, but there's, there's, I don't believe that if you're going to support the club over the last couple of years and then, you know, really dig into the team when you, when you didn't go through like sort of the darker times, as people like to call it. You know, it's it's not that bad, guys. You know what I mean? It, it, it has been a lot worse, hasn't it, Mick? So I think uh, it, it's a good point. I think everyone probably would have deleted Twitter during the Hodgson era, wouldn't they? Wow. Yeah. Like, but then it's nice to have people that maybe if they're posting something and like they're thinking, oh, this can't, it can't be any worse than this, and maybe they they don't know. It's nice that there's people on Twitter that can correct them and go, look at this team we had when when back in fucking eleven years ago, it was absolutely horrific. And we were just yeah. really, really bad at footy back then, and we had a manager that what just wasn't the right fit at the at the right time, and it was just like fucking hell. Yeah. So we've came along, and it makes you appreciate this, doesn't it? It, it, it yeah. have come along, mate, and it makes you appreciate this, like not doing what we should have done in the league last year. I mean, God knows how we still finished third. I still, it still baffles me that, um, but. The fact that we had that pretty poor season, yes, off the back of winning the league title, but lots of circumstances which we won't go into. But at the end of the day, um, it, it, last season it wasn't that bad for us. You know what I mean? It wasn't like oh, it's just like oh, we'll just pause it. Now we'll start again this year. So, uh, zooming on YouTube as well said uh, fans forget that there was a slight chance that players actually do read comments about their performance and are human enough to get affected. Fans find trashing funny for some weird reason. It's sad. It is. All it does is it takes uh, that said footballer to go onto Twitter, go in the search bar, type their name in, and they will find good and bad. And it can absolutely ruin your mind. It really can. It's, it's just ridiculous. Um, and Dicko's put quite a bit in uh, the comments regarding Everton. Um, so Everton have uh, won the Florida Cup uh, overnight. Uh, so there's a power shift for the billionaires. Um, I did find that funny, mate. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, congratulations to Everton on uh, on on winning that. Uh, the billionaires winning the Florida Cup against the made-up team, and they think it's the end of the trophy drought. I have seen some things like that where people have to reset the clock, um, but yeah, we're we're, we're not counting it. So uh, yeah, uh, they still won't remove the fucking clock out of there either. Um, what else have we got in here? David Rowland has said, uh, "All right, lads, who's going to pre-season friendly Anfield? Uh, we're not, mate, uh, because." I think it's uh, it's only right that people who don't usually get the chance to go to Anfield because of the member sale, we know how ridiculously hard it is to get a ticket. Um, I think um, it gives more people more opportunities because we'll be going on our first year of games next season. So it's uh, we won't be there for their friendlies, but anyone who's going, please do enjoy it. And if it'll be your first time at Anfield, my God, guys, you're in for a fucking treat. Um, 1892 Reds podcast, hey boys. He said, not Gene's biggest fan. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna swallow that one. But fuck me, no way does he deserve to get what he did under his post. And Kara should have worded it better. Yeah, I agree with that, mate. I think uh, he should. He should have definitely uh, worded it better as well. Uh, Ansbeck just seen the other crowd parading the flag up down County Road. 
<laughs> I can't believe I'm missing that. I hope um, someone's covering that so I can I can uh, I can watch the uh, the trophy parade as well. Uh, dugout said uh, Genie scored so many important goals for us. Borough, Spurs away, Barcelona, Cardiff, etc. Absolutely, yeah, you know, totally agree. I think the the Middlesbrough goal was was the catalyst uh, to what a lot of the stuff happened uh, the following seasons subsequently as well. And Doug said, United fans getting excited over Varane coming and I was worried until I realised that the Norwegian PE teacher is in charge as well. <laughs> uh, and then obviously answers comment on the Hodgson as well, getting slapped at Goodison by Paul Koncheski, Poulsen and Voronin. Yeah, um, of course, mate, those were some dark signings, weren't they? But, you know, we've we've come through the end of that now where, you know, Mick Klopp just usually does get his, his transfers right and we'll finish on on, on this, this segment now. Um, and thanks, Ant, because that's really jogged my memory on that one, mate. Um, obviously, it's transfer season, mate. It's silly season. I, I don't like tweeting about transfers because I just think it's absolutely stupid. You're just going to give yourself an aneurysm. You're going to give yourself an headache. There's no point looking what other clubs are doing compared to Liverpool. Don't get on the owner's back because every time we've signed someone, Mick, nine times out of ten with Klopp, it's worked out, hasn't it? I know that is really crap maths, but what I'm saying is it's very rare that... Edwards, FSG, underclock, get a signing wrong, right? Yeah, well, 60% of the time works all the time. If you want to start getting I like it. <laughs> They're usually spot on, aren't they? And I mean, I understand people thinking maybe, is it feasible to keep doing that as a business model? But I think it is if there's the right amount of scouting gone into them. And I think we, we've been, like, Sam Robbo, like, I mean, you always put, like, a, a nice little tweet up, don't you, when it's, like, Robbo's four-year anniversary or whatever. And that's oh, what he says. Fun, that. Bit of fun. But that's, like, fun. that is the accurate representation of what, like, when we were, like, with Jared Bowen last week, for example, those tweets that you were posting about Robbo going, oh, average, oh, he's shit, oh, why are we signing a relegated left-back, oh, and, like, just people saying all kinds of different stuff. You can just copy and paste that for the next player that we're going to sign. And then what in a year's time if he does well? You then think, oh, actually, that that model does work. But then if the year after that we sign another player in a similar vein, it would happen again, and it would keep happening again and again and again. And it's like, well, Klopp has got obviously a a very good system in place with how he does things. And it's not even like how he's doing it now, just because we're we haven't got enough money or whatever, which we we do need to recoup some money. And we have with Harry Wilson and Grouch and whoever else leaving. But he's done it at Dortmund yeah. as well. He, he signed names that weren't household names, he, but he made them into what they were because he considered himself more as a, as a of a coach than a manager, I think. So he likes to yeah. train the players it, and he can... Yeah, go on, sorry. Sorry, mate. I was just going to say, it doesn't help, does it, when you're watching Manchester United, who obviously haven't done well in the league over the last few years, and there's, there's the laying down 70-odd million on, on yeah. Jadon Sancho, which is obviously is one of the biggest names in world football right now, and it's sort of like, well, they... I, I want that one. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love Jaden Sancho at the club. Yeah. Of course I would. But the way Man United's model is, is they've still can consistently going into debt. When you look at back at Manchester United's transfers over the last, you know, six or seven years, I mean, to be fair, mainly since um, the Glazers have come back in, it's very rare that they lay down the, that amount of money on a, on, a, on a player. I mean, yeah, you can look at Pogba and then you look at Lukaku a couple of years later, but then they sold Lukaku, they lost money. They lost money on Alexis Sanchez as well. And they tend to then go, right, well, they might they don't have a sell-to-buy model. Well, technically they do. They just sell the next summer. And then you don't see that big name coming in the following year. They don't do a big name every single year, um, which is you know, the, what, what people think that they do. When you look at the hit transfer history, whenever they've signed a big player or, or a big 
transfer fee. It's either the next window or the window after that where they've gone, right, we need to get rid of quite a bit to recuperate quite a bit of money. So it's never as black and white as you think, is it, mate? But that adds to the pressure of, you know, oh, FSG have, have won all these trophies. They've got all this prize money, this, that, and the other. But where's all the money? And put your hand in your pocket and don't buy you you missus some new tits or don't buy you some, a new yacht, which is just absolutely fucking ridiculous comments. But that pressure's there, isn't it? And it, it's not nice to see that. But again, like you said, mate, it doesn't go onto that model, does it? But then we, we lay down 60 million on Alisson. So what happens then? Yeah. I mean, we don't know as, as well. Like, there's been a lot, quite a lot of rumours on, on like Sky Sports and whatever I looked at today. Like, what's going on with Pogba? Like, they... They might, they'll obviously know what's going on with them. They might think, right, we're definitely, he's definitely going to go next year and he's going to go for fucking top money, isn't it? Let's be honest, he's going to go for probably maybe over 100 mil. So the money they've spent. Yeah, well, I know, well, exactly. But he, he will, won't he? He'll probably go to PSG or whatever for fucking mega money. And it's like, well, they're thinking, well, bring Sancho in. If he goes for 100 mil, we're still 30 mil up there. But it's just a year after, like you said, it's still, it's still the same. But it's not, it's not like the way we're doing at the minute where we're getting some money in. And obviously with the homegrown quota and um, foreign players and whatever else, you need to be spot on these days with how many you've got in your squad. So you need to be quite quite good at how you do it. And yeah, I, I completely understand why people were fuming about Sancho. I would have loved to have been in a conversation for him because he's a, he's a good player. He's got like 10 years career left. Good good price for, for today's, today's footy. Like that's like not bad for a player who, who could be one of the best he could be like f- fair play to them for, for getting him I would, I would have loved him to come to Liverpool because imagine him like with the ceiling that he's already got and then put that, put him under Klopp as well that ceiling almost doubles in my opinion under Jürgen Klopp so yeah it's a bit frustrating and especially like when you look at their defence I think that was the thing I've al- always looking at like when you've got Lindelof there I think if you then you take Lindelof out and you go Maguire and Varane it does look a lot lot stronger and I think yeah yeah, thirty yeah. odd mil for Varane. Yeah, I think he's twenty eight. So I think maybe getting him at a good time. Where, but it's not like we've done with Canate, where we've got a twenty two year old then going right there's next eight years there, and he's learning under Klopp, he's learning with Van Dijk and whatever. We can kind of mould him into what we want, and we can have him for as long as long, a long, long time, not just not just mm. two to three years. And I think that's where. They're probably looking now. Obviously, Sancho's a bit younger, but defence-wise, they needed to sort of that out and get that sort of fair. So, I understand why people are getting a bit annoyed with it because it's like you don't want to see your rivals going out and signing like actually solid players that you think well, like maybe Varane two three years ago. I mean, I I, I don't rate him that highly. I think he's a good defender. I don't think he's one of the best in the world. Maybe if they would have signed him two three years ago, I would have been like, oh shit, they've got Varane when he's twenty five. Like now that he's twenty eight, he's in. He's in his prime, isn't he? Technically, so I mean, like like Doug said in the comments, though, it does depend on what your manager is. Like, and I know, like, I understand on the flip side of that, if you've got good and that many, once you get to a, a limit where you've got so many good players, surely it's gonna just gel. And if your manager's obviously got half a brain, which obviously oh, lays, he's not a he's not a bad manager, is he? But he's just I think there's a lot of no. just taking the piss out of him because he like you said, no Norwegian PE teacher. But yeah, yeah. That well, now. Mick, I just, I just want to, yeah. Thank you for joining the the Man United podcast. Yeah, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> so I just want to, just going to throw a couple of names on you before we finish, mate. Still sticking with the transfer bit. Um, obviously, uh, news has come out today that uh, Shakiri has made it be known to the to the owners now that he does want to go. Uh, I think it's been on the cards for a while, hasn't it? Uh, given how many get limited amount of games he's had, um, you know, there's there's no concrete 
um, official name going through of which team he's going to go to. But we should get um, a little bit uh, of money for him. We should make a profit on that thirteen million that we signed him for. Um, you know, try and uh, you know, quick uh, sixty seconds on Shakiri, mate. What? Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, going to miss your cards. Going to miss your cards. Yeah, I think it's this one was just inevitable, wasn't it? It was always going to. I think he's just that he's a good player and that, but you just think like Elliot's come into the squad and I think even in like I know it's only pre-season but he looks really good he's playing that midfield role he looks solid there and he's English he's very young he's got a lot of time to gel into the role I think maybe if you keep Shaq around does it limit Elliot's appearances I don't know it could do it could do so I understand the reasoning behind it I think the I think it's the, the three that I was thinking of is Shaq, uh, Minamino and Origi I think they're pretty much all in the same ballpark in terms of are they going to stick around or not? And I think obviously over the coming weeks we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe only Shaq will leave and we'll keep the other two. Who knows? But I think we do need yeah. to recoup a bit more money and yeah, see if we can if but, we can get in. But yeah, like Shaq will just go again. We'll go with the shaking hands and there'll be no animosity there yeah, or anything yeah, like that, will definitely. there? Um, Ant just put in the comments, made just on this one. Uh, West Ham are apparently interested in Chamberlain. Would you sell him? I don't think I would. I don't think I would personally. I think he, I mean, again, looking at training, he does look sharp and whatever, and he's kind of trying to learn that false nine role, isn't he? Like he's been, he's played there twice now in the friendlies and whatever. But I just think he, he can play that role and can play in midfield. I think obviously he does pick up injuries, which is, I mean, it's a shame for him, It's but then it's hard for us as well because we can't really rely on him fully because he hasn't got that durability. To, um, to stay fit for a long period of time so I wouldn't sell him this year I think keep him around and, and obviously see what happens but I think if it's another season again the same I think same goes for Cater as well to be honest I think they're like I said I'd bracket together a really shock I mean I mean I'd bracket Ox and Cater as well in the same bit like that. this is like a I mean <laughs> probably like a broken record I've probably been saying this for years on end uh, about these two but this is like make or break I think for this season for them I think they need to really show what they can do and I, and I, I understand why there's a lot of fucking negativity around that that sentence being uttered because like well why are you thinking about that because they've not they've proved in the past that they're not durable enough and they're bound to break down and any any time you've uh, any positivity about either of those two on Twitter there's a comment underneath un, like undoubtedly going yeah but then he gets a hammy injury in five minutes after that which I understand. I understand it's like a running joke now about those two because they're you're yeah. just waiting for the next breakdown and you, you're like, oh, you don't want it to happen, but you know it's going to. And you kind of just like, you're almost toying with yourself going, should we just cut our losses, get someone in who's going to actually stay fit yeah. or do you keep them around because they're good fellas and they're good players? Like, they're obviously both really good players. So, yeah, make or break this, this time for them. And then I think... Well, I've said it now, so next year I can't say this again. If I say it next year, then I'm obviously just chatting major shit. But what do you reckon about Ox? Do you reckon it's, <laughs> do you reckon it's fine for, it's, uh, for me, know. the Ox, it's like, because we've seen the player that he was in 17-18 and how good he was for Liverpool, um, it was like, oh, we want that player to come back again. But yeah. again, he's just been dogged with injuries and it is such a shame. And I think we all just clam into like, oh, that's, that's the player we want back. We really want him to be... That, that player again and maybe that's that train sailed now and see what Austin Powers referenced their train sailed um, maybe it's gone maybe it's gone too far because we've moved on as a squad we've moved on as a team now Clock uh, has his formation but again if Ox wants to stick around he knows he's probably going to have to be that he's not going to start games he's going to have to be that impact player yeah. and impact players usually have to fill the gap 
And if he's going to fill a gap in midfield, or he's going to fill a gap as a false nine, or he's going to fill a gap on the wing, he's going to have to deal with it. And I think that's that's the player he's going to be now. Uh, is an impact player. Uh, you know, 60 minutes, maybe 55, 70, 80, whatever. Whatever it's going to be. I don't think he's going to be a starter unless, you know, I'm not even saying it. Not even going to go there with injuries. I'm not even going to fucking say it. But that's the that's his role now. And I think he'll want to stick around at the club because I think he likes it. Um, you know, and again, his personal circumstances, he needs to be settled given what his personal circumstances are at the minute. So, um, his missus being pregnant, just in case anybody didn't know. Um, you don't you don't want to uproot anybody who's pregnant. And anybody who's a dad out there knows you just don't up, uproot your, your pregnant missus. Just don't do it. Um, so, yeah. So for me, I'd still keep him to, in the short answer. Is absolutely, I'd keep him for now because I think what Ant said, you know, if we're getting rid of like the likes of Shaq, if Minamino does go, Wilson, Grewich, you know, if, if they go, then we've cleared out quite a bit of wage. We've cleared out, you know, quite a people off. off I'm nearly going to say the roster then. Vinny would kill me. Um, you know, we've, we've cleared out <laughs> quite a few people off uh, off, off the squad. Um, it, it leaves the room. It keeps the space in. It keeps the homegrown quota. Uh, uh, like eighteen ninety two said earlier, mate. So yeah, I'd, uh, I'd definitely keep him. So mate, we've done forty minutes there, which is uh, longer than I thought we'd do, but I like it. I love the comments. The comments has kept it going, which I really appreciate. Um, Mick, what have you got coming up on the po- uh, on the podcast this week? Uh, so we've got a chat with uh, Paul Ghost on Wednesday. That'll be I'll probably Great do that live at about ha- half five on Wednesday. So have a little chat about with Ghosty about. Our- I'm, I haven't checked it over if I'm calling Ghosty live on air, but I might just introduce him as Ghosty. Let's so just start doing... Just, just, we know, we know him well it. enough. We know just him well enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'll be chatting to him about um, Shaq and whatever else, and obviously, hopefully, there might be some more movement by, by then as well. And then Friday, yep. we've got Craig Craig Hanan on to have a little chat about that. Obviously, we, the Reds play on Thursday, so we can do a little review of the um, Hertha Berlin game and obviously the news that came out today about... Verge maybe playing 20 minutes which is like Woo-hoo. I read that and I was like I felt like a kid on Christmas day I was like he's actually coming back so and then Gomez yeah. might be the, the back of the game after so it's it's yeah it's looking positive at the minute so yeah I'll be yeah. chatting to them I mean you can you can come on if you want Jay obviously there's, there's, oh, there's, thanks. there's, there's oh, always a space it. for you lad oh fucking thanks mate <laughs> yeah I might I'll, uh, I'll see if I can pop on in one of them but you know you know me mate I'm, uh, I'm bogged down in a couple of other projects for us at the minute aren't I uh, I'm currently working on episode two of Copite Origins. For those of you that haven't seen episode one with Patrick Berger, this man here, get it watched because once it goes over a thousand views, I will be announcing new episode two is. Uh, so I'll let me you know about I think that. You're on nine twenty, I think you're on now. Some well, last time I checked yesterday, it might be close to that, but best get cracking then, I'd then get this video <laughs> fucking finished. Um, yeah, so doing that, and obviously I am currently working on the story of a crew as well, so I'm really, really looking forward to sharing this with you guys. This has been a project that is obviously close to my heart because of how much I love the shirts, but also as well, it's grown to be something a lot bigger than I thought it would be in terms of like the contribution and the stories that we're getting. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to, to putting that together as well. I've got no time frame when that's going to come out, but um, it's, I'm, I'm still conducting interviews for that as well. So it's uh, it's looking really good, but excited to, to share that with you. Um, and also on that as well, I'm going to put a plea out now. I'll put a tweet out anyway. Uh, I'm thinking of a different thing for the credits. Now, if anybody's got any photographs of them as a kid, um, or even as an adult, it's a nice picture, with this official shirt, uh, do send me them and put send them to um, my Twitter or the Copyrights Twitter if you want to be part of the credits because it's a little project that I'm, I'm going to work on. So if you have got any photographs of you as a kid in your recruit stuff or your training stuff 
or even if you've got something from that 96 uh, era and you've got a little photograph you don't mind sharing it let me know because we've got nice little things uh, to finish it off with as well so yeah looking forward to that um yeah guys so that was it that's a great episode of, of comment podcast it was nice to be back on the show with uh, with mick uh yeah i'm look forward to to mick shows this week for the transfers and yeah let's just uh keep positive about the reds because preseason starting oh my god verge is going to be back with his knees love it Podcast Network.